Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Kimmy. And I'm Liza. And this is a podcast about dating and a 51 date experiment and me going on dates. And also Liza helping me pick dates. And also being a human here. And <laughs> what do I do here? Going to bars and uh, sex. Sex. <laughs> Today we have a very special episode. While I have gone on 29 of 51 dates, I got to skip this week because we wanted to maximize our time with a very special guest we had on today. And that guest is Emily Morse of Sex with Emily. Um, if you haven't heard of Sex with Emily, well, you need to because it's uh, one of my favorite podcasts. It's um, also one of like the OG podcasts. Like it was one of the first podcasts. She's been mm-hmm. doing it for 13 years. It's incredible. It's about sex. She started in her living room the way we're in a bedroom right now. Ooh, bedroom. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> um, and she's just also a badass lady. She's a sexologist and she's an author and she's done all kinds of different like TV gigs and lots of writing and she is just like out there trying to make sex better for the people. Yeah. And we'll we'll link to all of her amazing work and podcast and Instagram and books but we're just really excited we like we're both glowing after this conversation um Emily has yeah, amazing insight glow. yeah we did we oh my god how okay let's keep making sex references we're um it's getting sexy quail right now um <laughs> I do kind of want a cigarette <laughs> I mean and or a glass of wine or what Okay, clearly I don't know what I want for sex. I want to go to bed. But yeah, sex with Emily was a really fun experience. And it was very fun. We we just want to thank you all for sending in. We only got to a couple questions, but I think they touch on some major, um, touch on, touch on some major female-centric totally. sex qualms, you know, orgasms and oral. Totally. We got a lot of questions regarding both of those two things. So we asked those questions and then we... Um, talked to her a lot about just like general life questions that we had about sex. Um, But all the things. It was amazing. And we do actually, now we have a lot of like backlogged sex questions from you guys that I think are really smart and like hopefully we can touch on in future episodes. Not that we are experts, but we can talk about our experiences with them, which is all we do at all on this podcast. That is true. (laughs) I'm like, oh, Emily has her PhD, and I have a (laughs) theater degree. (laughs) So cool. We're so qualified. But we will try. And I just want to say thank you for all the emails, and we'll keep reading them. Thank you for sending your worst first dates to 5151firstdatespod at gmail. Uh, We're... Collecting them, collecting them. They're not going to go unread, and we really appreciate them. So thanks for your patience and submissions. And, you know. And keep sending them. I love them. We love them. We love them because we revel in your terrible experiences. <laughs> Helps Just us kidding. feel less alone. Um, and, yeah, thank you also so much for continuing to rate, subscribe, and review us on iTunes. As we've said a bunch of times, it really, really helps us. helps us get really cool guests like Emily. It helps us with people calling us it helps us with people maybe um paying us mm, at some point so that we can keep doing mm-hmm. this um and all of those things uh, are just invaluable to us so we really appreciate it 
And we have a little contest around that. I right know. Now. We forgot to mention it last week, but it's still going on. So we have our special, it's not Raya sponsored, but it has to do with Raya, the very fancy dating app that I'm not on, nor is Liza. Because, yeah. <laughs> but basically, on Raya, you have a slideshow of all your dating app photos, and you have to pick a song to go with said slideshow, which makes me so cringy already. But we think it would be really fun to do a contest where you either rate, subscribe, review, send in your screenshot, or if you've already done that, tag us in your Instagram story uh, and send that to us. And then also make sure you include what song you would choose for your Raya slideshow. What's your dating theme song? Yeah. Um, and yeah, we will pick our favorite one. Get witty. Get smart with it. Yeah. Like with go, it. To your, go to your Bumble. I mean, maybe maybe our listeners aren't just like us and maybe they have Raya but go to your Bumble like swipe through see what would be funny or sultry or even sexy anything oh sexy because of our whole theme and if you do those things then we are going to Venmo you 51 dollars mm-hmm. 51 because it's the name of our podcast it's, it's so smart 51 dates 51 but guess what we did not think of that Manny had the brilliant idea and so yeah the contest prize is now 51 dollars all the more incentive because Manny's a marketing genius thank god for Manny oh and um one more tiny thing we were talking to her over Skype and we had some internet gremlins and so there's a couple minutes of like slightly shaky audio but it does get better so stick with it thanks guys here it is. Well, hi, Emily. Thanks so much for being with us. So excited to talk to you guys. My favorite <laughs> subject, sex and dating. Ours too. Ours newly. <laughs> Although, like, love-hate sometimes. So why don't you just tell – I mean, I feel like if our listeners aren't familiar with you, then they're – I don't know what they're doing. But <laughs> why don't you just give us, like, a quick rundown about, like – all the different things you do and um, how you got started and a little bit of your life story. Okay, sure. Just that. Um, the podcast called Sex with Emily that I started 13 years ago in my living room because I realized that like I was not having the best sex in my life and a lot of my friends were always talking about having amazing sex and meeting great people and, and I was like, I don't think I've had the best sex in my life yet and that seemed like something pretty good to figure, like it would be really fun to kind of spend a lot of time figuring out how to do that and I knew that and podcasting was just starting it was like that month in like June like 2005 and I've oh I was a documentary filmmaker and I was like kind of looking for my next subject and I had been studying sex and relationships and like through like interviewing everyone I knew about it I was like well I might as well do a podcast because I don't have to do video that's amazing because I, I used to do you know a lot of film and I was like let's just start talking to people and I realized that like everybody wanted to talk about it because we never talked about it. And I realized that there's so much shame and judgment and trauma and, and taboo around sex. And that's why I probably like, I thought that we could all learn from each other's stories. And so I just thought I'm going to start interviewing people. How do you have great sex? What does it mean to you? And that was like the first, you know, few months of it was just kind of that. And then I realized, God, I really love, I love this. Um, I, I really, um, what am I saying here? I loved <laughs> like, <laughs> hard to explain like the genesis of, of like 13 years but it was really it became very popular quickly I think it's because you google sex on iTunes and it's like the first thing you know and but then people started asking me for advice and I was like well I've had a lot of therapy but I'm not really <laughs> yet you know I could tell you I went back to school and I got my doctorate in human sexuality and I've 
over and it's really over the years taken a lot of different forms but it's always I've released at least one to two podcasts a week all these years and I moved to LA and host I was in San Francisco at the time I hosted Love Line with Dr. Drew for four years and I did a reality show and I've written books and and my main purpose though hasn't changed I just want sex I just want to make sex easier to talk about. And therefore, I think I always say communication is a lubrication. And the more that we feel comfortable talking about sex, having sex with ourselves and others, you know, masturbation, happy masturbation month, you know, is a really important part of having healthy sex. And so I just like helping people, you know, understand their bodies, what makes them feel good. So that I think eventually they will have better sex because of that. So however I can get my message out there and in a very like, you know, sex positive way that, you know, I'm not judgmental. I'm very open, and I'm, you know, I like to cut to the chase and help people have better sex. That's that's what I'm all about. And that's what that's what I love, and we love so much about your podcast. But everything, I just and it like in my limited experience writing and now podcasting about dating sex, there's so much shame around it, and it's 2018. So I just totally am impressed with like when you started and how how sex positive you are, but also how you know everyone's looking for that. So just a thank you first of all because. Um, listening to you brings me a lot of comfort in terms of like, oh, it's okay to talk about sex. I have known that for a while, but I still get weird shame doing it publicly. So, yes, yes. thank you for saying that. No, it's true, and I think that's just what I want. Like, the more we do it, like the more I think that people will be accepting of it. Like, it, I think that this, if you're if you're comfortable enough having sex with someone, you should be comfortable enough talking to them about sex and what you want. And the more, and women especially, we tend to be more passive in bed or be pleasers, if you will. We want, it's all, we think it's all partner's pleasure and not us. And that's why I feel like, yeah, like I just want people to practice. It's not, doesn't come naturally, but once you start doing it, you will have better sex, you'll have a better life and you'll be, you know, we'll get rid of the stigma together and the taboo. Totally. Yeah. Um, it's so cool. And it's cool too, because I feel like it's funny you were saying when you were starting Sex with Emily, you were feeling like everyone in your life was having good sex and you wanted to kind of crack the code. I feel like everyone... Or I feel like a lot of my friends complain all the time about like having bad sex. Maybe it's a little bit of like the right. squeaky wheel gets the grease, but I feel like there's a lot of like no pun intended. Ooh, ew, um, <laughs> <laughs> grease is a weird word. But you know, there's a lot of like um, I think there's yeah. Even as I, I'm almost about to turn thirty, I think there's still a lot of um, friends of mine who are the same age as me who like continually feel like they can't quite get what they want from their partners or like their casual partners um so it's really fucking cool and i'm glad we're talking about this yeah i want to know what that means like when they they complain do you mind if i ask them what what do they complain like what do you think they want that they're not getting or what makes bad sex because that's when i started my show i literally kept saying to people what do you mean by great sex what do you mean by bad sex like i just always want so, yeah, that's yeah. a really good question. And it's funny because I don't know that people are speaking like as specifically to it, but I think that like I've had a lot of friends talk about like just kind of like lame hookups, like hookups where like one or both people were drunk and it was just kind of like sloppy and unsatisfying or like people who are, you know, obviously there's like a lot of, I think people feel like there's selfishness from a partner like they they only care about how it is for them they're not like trying too hard um you know I feel like those are the most common those are the greatest hits yeah and I think people sometimes might not say this uh, but I certainly have had this experience for most of my life like it's hard to orgasm and it can feel really frustrating I don't feel like I need to orgasm every time Emily I know you talk about that a lot but just hard to feel like you can even get closer to it or ask for what you want I think 
despite being like loud and proud in my feminism and my like women are equal. Like, I don't know. It's just the default can sometimes be to default to the man's orgasm or his achievement. You're right. That's exactly what the things, and that's what I've come down to that most people who were having great sex. And it wasn't that everybody was, it was more like when I heard that, I was like, I want to be able to say that. But this complaints that you're saying are still happening. I still have bad sex. I'm like, really? Like, no foreplay? Like, you don't get this? How did you not get the memo? Or I find that people are numbing out and having sex. So everyone's just getting drunk. They're like, well, I'll be wasted if I'm going to have sex. And, um, you know, I just think that we're losing, yeah, we don't really know how to connect. And you're right, women still, the orgasm thing, I'm doing the best I can to help women realize that, like, we shouldn't fake it. The more you masturbate and know how to make yourself orgasm, the easier it will be. But I was raised thinking that the man's going to have, when I was men, like, I mean, I am with men mostly, but that the men were going to have all the, the keys to the kingdom, my kingdom. Like, they're going to know how to please me. And I realized, oh, I got to do the work, you know? But I think that women still don't know that or we have expectations that they're supposed to fill all of our needs or that it's just supposed to magically happen and sex shouldn't take work, which is done. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. On that note, and because communication is lubrication, earlier on in dating, I think it can feel hard to like maybe communicate that you want foreplay or maybe you communicate that, you know, want a man to go down on you or even, or a woman, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to hetero relationships a lot, but, um, how, what Do you have any tips for communicating what you want in bed with someone, maybe when it's a little bit earlier in a relationship? Yeah, that's a great, that is such a good question. I mean, I think, like I said, the second you get naked with someone, you know, you should be comfortable, but I know that's not always the case. The best time to talk about it, well, first of all, we're talking about like one night stands or someone you're dating for a few, like an early on relationship, right? Like having sex once or something. Yeah. So, so I just think that as long as you start having sex with someone, you should be comfortable talking about it. But I think that, um, I think that we should, I think, okay, so here's the thing. Women and men get aroused very, very differently. And I always say that foreplay is not a suggestion. It's actually a requirement. Most women are not turned on enough to actually have sex, to welcome a penis into their vagina. Like we need the kissing, the foreplay, the making out because men, women are, cookers and men are frying pans are ready to go and the way that we are we need more of that like build up it just takes time so I think it's the first thing is if you're with someone in the moment they're going too fast it's okay to say oh my god I love making out with you like let's just keep kissing and rather than just like pushing them so here's the thing what we've learned we've learned like push their hand away or just stop and leave and I want to offer our people another solution another option here is like to say um wow, that'll feel really good. I'm really into like kissing right now or let's slow this down. I'm really enjoying this. Rather than just pushing their hand away or getting up upset because you have to understand that men want to please us as well and we want, we all want the same thing, right? Like I don't think there's any guy walking around saying, I just want to be a bad lover. and Like I just want to rush through and make women think it's, no, they just don't know how to do it any matter. So I think that it's, that women are in a really great position right now where we can actually lead this and demonstrate to men who might never have had a woman communicate to them what they want because we would maybe assume that they should know or we brand them as a bad lover. So I think that women say that if you're with someone in the moment, it's okay to like slow them down gently and say, maybe, you know, um, let's just focus on, you know, I'm not ready yet. And then if you want more foreplay, you can say like, I still need to, you know, feel turned on. Or you can also say, uh, start touching yourself or say, I, if you want more, if you're with someone for a while, also 
or you're with someone, I always say that in the if you're having, let's say you have sex with someone for the first few times, I don't think it's great to talk about sex in the bedroom, like right after, to be like, okay, so, like, here's the point. <laughs> I didn't have an orgasm. Um, why didn't you use a condom? And what's with not going down on me? Because what happens is we're postcoital bliss. Maybe you had an orgasm, maybe he did. And, you know, I just think we should leave the bedroom to sleeping and sex. So if you're seeing someone new, it could even be the second time. It could be a brunch the next morning. But outside the bedroom, you could just say, like, yeah, so glad I'm having so much fun with you. Sex was hot. And I've just been, it would feel like I'm thinking about what it feel like at your lips, you know, on me. Or like to go down. Like, I just, I love oral sex. And it would feel amazing to have you go down to me. Don't stop talking. Look him in the eye and be like, that would be really hot. And it's not a criticism. It's like, this is what I like. And it's it's kind of like that whole compliment sandwiching. This is what I like. This is what I like about us. This is what would be really cool to experience. What do you think about that? You know, and like, what do you want? What are you into? And to start asking them, like, well, what do you think about? What turns you on? What would you want to do next time we have sex? Normalize the conversation. Like, why not talk about that? We talk about where we're going to go to eat and what we're going to do on the next date. Like, why not say, like, how should sex go down next time? And it started, it starts kind of like, throwing up that notion that we should all are like throwing out that notion that sex should be perfect and amazing and it should take no effort. Like why not figure out where you guys can both meet and then have that kind of sex. So totally. totally. I mean, I think that it's to me, like in my life, I feel like it's always taken me longer to get to a point of open communication, but I get there and like it, it but it takes me some time of dating someone. Do you think like in an ideal world, people should be like, super open and communicative kind of like from the jump with like a new partner or and and if they struggle to do that do you have advice on like on like being comfortable communicating like being comfortable opening up in in the way you're describing yeah absolutely because I think they're I'm still let me be honest with you it's not even easy for me like guys <laughs> I laugh at me like they're like I thought you're the expert at this I'm like oh we're not to talk about this in the bedroom <laughs> you know or like <laughs> And you're like, okay, let's go. Or whatever it is. Like, I just say things and I get uncomfortable. So what I'm telling you is after 13 years of this, and I've always, I'm always dating and I've, I'm in like a bunch of different kinds of relationships. It's never, so I can do it, but I'm just telling everyone that it's okay if it's awkward, if you laugh and you don't say it how you want to, because it's a practice. But once you do it, it, it does become easier and you'll get your point across, which is the bottom line. So we can all have better sex. So let me just say that, that I get it's okay that you're really nervous the first time, second time, whatever. Here's the other thing. It's more like I feel like if you want to start talking to someone early on, you can you can call call the elephant in the room and say, I really like you. And I am not that comfortable talking about sex, but I know that it's important. So excuse me if this comes out weird and I, I never want to offend you with this, but I just want to talk about it. And I feel like in the past, maybe I wasn't great talking about it, but with you, I'd like to, because I think that we really have great chemistry or a great connection. And it was super hot. I can't stop thinking about last Friday night. And what I've had a hard time saying to guys, for giving you an example here, is that I actually, it takes me a while to orgasm, or I actually really love foreplay, oral sex, or, or I think it would be, I've had these fantasies lately about, um, being tied up or uh, I've got this really cool boy I'd like to show you or you could swap lists. I always say like write down the three things that you both want to try and swap it or you could say I want to tell you one thing I want to try when you share with one thing that you want to try and obviously we only share the things that we want to try like we have fantasies that we fantasize about that we don't actually want to happen like during masturbation or during sex even and then there's the ones you want to try so you can each say well what do you want like what would you like 
have them go first even. Say, let's talk about our sex life. What, what did you like best about it? And what would you want to try next time? Just like, just like bring it out there. And like, just kind of like, let's talk about sex and see how it goes. Because then you normalize it. Then, and I'm telling you, the worst thing that can happen is like, I think like, oh, he's going to judge you. What? He's going to think you're a slut. He's not going to be comfortable. He's blah, blah. Then he's not the guy for you. He can say, wow, I'll bet you what you're going to hear, though, is a guy saying, that's really brave. That's really cool. I've never had a woman talk to me like that. And I'm really excited to have amazing sex because I actually am really embarrassed because I feel like I come too quickly. Or I actually need a woman to touch the tip of my penis in this certain way that I've never been able to ask, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is what brings people closer together. This is, in, this is true intimacy. And I feel like we talk about everything. Else. Like you, If you were going out with a guy for a month and he kept bringing you out to Chinese food and you hated Chinese food, like you would be so annoyed. You'd be like, I told you, I don't want to be young. I don't even like Chinese food. Like, why does this keep happening? And you'd say something. So why should we suffer through bad sex for like, for like a requisite three months or something? I say, don't, you know, life's too short for bad sex. And the sooner you can find the words around it, just start talking about it. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Totally. <laughs> Our listeners are just, it's so, it's empowering to me just sitting here. And I love that you brought up the Chinese food because so many of our our listeners, you know, writing in about dates or first dates or these like half relationships that seem to be so popular or just being afraid to define things. Like it's almost the same thing. It's like we keep coming to like the sooner you say something, the better it is. Even if it goes not the way you wanted it to, you know sooner. So it seemed like the same with sex. Um, yeah. Because no one's doing it. We're not even doing it in the workplace. We're not doing it with our, our employees. We're not doing it with our family. Like, we don't literally talk about anything, but we're so happy when people do. So this is something that, yeah, it'll be so rewarding. I mean, you really, and especially now, I think people are just more open to it. So you're right. You'll, you'll realize that it'll be probably the best thing you've ever done, and then you won't be able to live without it. It's just, you won't be able to go back to having unsatisfying sex. You won't be able to go back to faking orgasms. You won't go back to just, giving him a blowjob and not caring about your own, like you just won't because there's an inequality there and women just deserve so much pleasure just like men do. And we all want the same thing if you remember that. And the other thing that happens in relationships, you'll be shocked to find once you start talking about this stuff, you'll realize that like there are so many times where you've assumed things that are just not true. Like you'll assume that he just didn't like oral sex because he never did it. And he'll say, no, you pushed me away the first time. I just thought you didn't want it. And then you'll say, no, I didn't want it that first date because we just met, but it doesn't mean I don't like it, you know? Or, I mean, there's just a million things with sex. You'll be like, I thought you didn't want condoms. No, I thought you didn't. I thought you thought toy, you know, I didn't use toys with a guy once because he was he told me a story once, even though like my whole life is to live for sex toys. He was saying to me, I think people can relate to this. Like we just create stories that aren't true. So he said to me, some girl he was dating, He's like, and she always needed this toy at the end to get off, right? Now, I don't need it to get off, but, like, fucking toys are fun sometimes, right? So I was like, I'm not going to use toys with them. And then I was like a month in or two months, I was like, dude, is it? are you really uncomfortable on toys? Or he's like, why do you say that? Like, he didn't even remember the story. I had created a whole thing around it. And he was like, oh, no, she was weird. She was whatever, whatever he said. And I was he's like, I'm dying to try your toys. I'm surprised we haven't. And then it's like, that's all we do now. So it's like, we just check where you're making up a story. And we do it so much that like, oh, he'll never come to my house or he'll never want this. And most of the time we're wrong. So not even when it comes to sex, but when it comes to literally almost anything, especially in a new relationship, we are making assumptions left and right to try to make sense of things. And we're wrong most of the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just, it's called checking a story is where I like to call it. Like you could say to a guy, like, I want to check a story. Last three times you went out, I've made up this whole story around you not walking me in because 
you, um, you th- ah, let's see, I made up a whole story about you not inviting me over your house because you think that I'll think that things are getting serious if I sleep at your house. Is that true? And I'm like, what? No, it's because I think you're going to criticize me because I haven't changed my sheets in a month or I, you'll hate my, you're so into fat, you're so into design that you'll hate my house. Like there's a million different reasons, but it's never what you think. Yeah, yes. interesting. It's funny because I feel like I've given people that advice about dating too. But like, oh, why isn't he calling? Why isn't he texting? Why is he texting so much? Why, you know? And it's like, you, I think you have to just ask. <laughs> like, it actually. I mean, it's the hardest thing, but it happened with one of the dates of this podcast for me um, because he ended up listening to it and finding out and was okay with it, and we went on more dates. I Emily at the end, I had just been like, I feel like he really wanted to like come home with me. He was kind of like, just like. So are we going together? Or he said something and like he heard it and was like, no, I just want to make sure you were getting home safe. Like I forget the wording because it was kind of an early date, but like it was just totally lost in translation. I made up that he just wanted to sleep with me. And like it was just. And he was like literally like I want to make sure, yeah, I'm being a good, I'm being like a good guy. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. <laughs> and, and like on this topic, I'm curious if, and I'll, I hope everyone will allow me, including Manny, our lovely male sound man, uh, sound person. Um, but I think that there's maybe a little bit of a stereotype that, um, women are better communicators, like outside of sex and men are maybe less good at communicating, especially whereas like feelings are involved. I haven't found that to be true in my own relationship with a man, but you know, like I think that there is maybe that, that, um, kind of general feeling out in the world, but also I think there's, uh, a, kind of stereotype that men are a little bit more sexually forward than women. Again, not necessarily true. I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about, like, if you feel like there are gendered differences in communication in terms of sex. Oh, that's a great question. I do – well, I think that both men and women do – like, I think it's equal. We are not comfortable talking about sex. What we want, what we desire, we don't even understand. I think a lot of times we don't even know. I think women are less – I've found are less in touch with what they really want sexually. And sometimes like maybe our mind, we don't have as many, we um, kind of shut down our fantasies or we don't give ourselves the right for pleasure and to, to ask for what, like I said earlier, I think that, so I think when it comes to sex, I think that we're all ill-equipped at asking for it and showing for what we want. But when it comes to really, I don't think it's either men or women. I think that, that I think that's, yeah, I think that we both kind of suck at it, men and women. As far as communicating around emotions, I'm finding that men, I'm finding that men are pretty much, are a little more open right now. I found that in the last few years, there's sort of been a shift where guys are kind of getting it more so. And that I hear, my, my audience is like slightly more men, excuse a little higher men, because I feel like men are dying to talk about these things. Men are just have just as many needs around women as understanding their emotional regulation and emotional maturity and emotional understanding of what's going on in the world, but they don't have as many people to to talk to. So women are socialized from a very young age. We talk to our friends about everything, our sisters, our moms, our aunts. Women talk. Men don't have those resources. So I think it's just that men have been set up, haven't been set up for success in the communication department because they don't see it modeled with their fathers, with their friends, with their, you know, I mean, some guys I know are in therapy. My friends in a, I have guy friends like in AA or who are much more in that world. Like they all talk, but typically, I think men are just like they don't even have those kind of skills or that training. But I think they're super open to learning. Totally, yeah. I feel like it's a 
positive, another positive side effect of just like feminism in general is that men, you know, I, I always am like, I think feminism benefits men so much because they don't like have to squash their feelings anymore. We can all just talk and be humans together. Yeah. Uh, do you want to throw Maybe. out to, like, some listener questions? Yeah, only because I, I do definitely want to get to, you know, the big topics, um, which seem to be for most of the listener questions. Like, definitely oral sex has come up a lot, and then the female orgasm. But, yeah, I'll read this first one. Emily, I, I didn't get all of the ages. We're keeping everyone really anonymous. Our listeners were super shy about some of these questions. Um, so you don't have age and location. But um, this is a female listener. Uh, and so I'll read what she wrote into us. How do you get your boyfriend to go down on you? How do you know if he doesn't like it? We've 69 multiple times before, but being totally transparent here, he was only interested in the back door. I've told him I want you to go down on me sometime, and he says, okay, but never does. I've asked him if that's something he doesn't like doing, and his response is always, I don't mind it. What gives? I do it to him without being asked. So, right. yeah. Um, I think that, okay, so that's really, really common I think and I think that I mean I think it's common that guy so wait so she asked him and he said okay he says okay but he doesn't do it it seems and then she she's asked him if it's like do you not like it and his response is like I don't mind it but he just doesn't do it but she does it to him like without being asked uh so Uh, I think kind of and a lot of the other questions we got around this were like and I don't know, the DJ Khaled, all of that. It's just like a weird time. Like, just are some men still, is there still some weird shame around doing it? Or is, like, what, in this particular circumstance, I think our listeners just wondering, like, what's I going mean, on? Yeah, exactly. Like, he'll be like, yeah, I'll do it. So I think, first of all, it is important to speak up. And, like, and I get that it's a catch-22. Because I get that he could say, like, because, again, you guys, this is why talking about sex is, yeah, my show does tons of tips and tricks and all that. But it's also, like, just the act of talking about it because we're so sensitive and since we do, we're not used to it, it's very easy to like, you know, for people to hear it wrong or to hurt someone's feelings. And, and so when you're asking for it, it is a correct choice because he could be like, you know, he might feel like, Oh, I'm not pleasing you. I'm failing you. You know, what's wrong with me? And, and you want more and you want, you know, you want him to feel like, yeah, he's inadequate. So it's like, you make a big deal out of it. He thinks he's bad to sack, you know, he's bad in bed. And then you don't make a deal of it. You're not getting what you want. So I think that you just have to like make sure that, you know, that you're like um, doing it in a way like that's kind of like I said, like a neutral environment like outside the bedroom when you're having brunch or when you're going on a walk or you know when you're driving in the car. And I think you could just you could either say things like I've been fantasizing about you going down and making you come with your mouth. I think that would be so hot if you went down and be like, I, I fantasize about that. That's something that I'm into. So it sounds like she already asked him. and He just said, you know, I'm not. So I think you could say I um, and be specific and just you could also say like um, with if there's a way that he's withholding, let's say he's withholding the because she asked him, she could just say, I have to tell you that I love going. I love shocking you. It feels really good. And like it feels really good to me, too. And I would just I know I brought this up, but like I'm really into it. Is there something about it? Like you could give him options. You could say, is it that you're not? Is there something I could tell you more? Do you want me to show? I'd love to show you what feels good. How about that? Like she could guide him. She could say, like, I would love to show you um, how what would feel good when next time we're together. Or when they're together, she could start to just, like, undo her pants. And, like, she could start to show, like, guide his, like, her hand and start touching herself. Like, it would be so good if you kissed me here. Like, it's not the head push because I'm always like, guys, never push her head. She's not pushing him. She's, like, pleasing herself in front of him and saying, I just want your mouth here or 
you know, if none of those things work. So there could be a conversation where she's like, I know we talk about this and it's important to me. And that's how I get turned on to like in the bedroom, just touching yourself and saying like, I've been thinking about you kissing me. Yeah. I think that's great Uh, advice. It's tricky. I've actually weirdly just like, sometimes I I feel like I've just been lucky with men I've dated who they're usually very interested in it. And sometimes to the point where I'm even like, I'm being shy right now. Um, And I'm like the hesitant one. But I do think there's some, there's like some tiny stigmas around it sometimes or just people feeling uncomfortable or uncertain. Um, Totally. I always think of that episode of The Sopranos. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Like the old uncle. I want to say that hygiene is important for men and for women. Like, I doubt there's anything going on with you down there, but it's always important to, like, just make sure after you go to the bathroom, like, you clean up, you wash, you trim. If you feel like, for women, it can feel easier for a guy to, like, access your parts if it, feel, it can just also feel better. So that stuff is important, too. Like, and, we're, and make sure that you're in a place where you feel sexy. You're wearing things that you feel, like, that feel awesome to you, and that, you know, and let him know that, like, when he's going towards you, you can also like gasp and moan and be like, oh my God, that feels good to encourage him. But if he's just like, no, I'm out doing it's not my thing, I would, to me, you get to be out of that relationship. Because if I was with a guy who didn't want oral sex and I've done this before, I've ended it. He's just like, it's just really not my thing. I'm like, okay, dude, well, you're not my thing. (laughs) So it's kind of like you can beat around the bush. (laughs) (laughs) These are all these are all great ways to do it. But at the end of the day, if they're not into it and you're not into it and you want you require that, because to me, it's like, how could you not like it's a part of our body that we love. You love his penis. He should. You know, there's a way that he could love it, too. And for guys, I think who think they don't like it. I think it's a maturity thing and they might not have figured out how to. But or they could just find a woman who never needs it and then they'll live happily ever after. But I think that. There's a lot of different sides to it, but I think don't stop trying getting it and you deserve it is what I would tell her. Yeah. So, yeah. Totally. Awesome. That's what you feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. <laughs> I like that there is a hard line. Nope. Then I'm out because it's true. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think. I that- don't love giving blowjobs, but I will do them because I like the person I'm giving them to. You know, like it's about, yeah. And especially if someone's requesting something, again, not to say that you always have to you know, give oral sex to whoever's requesting it from you, but just generally, like, they're in a relationship. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I think if it's her boyfriend, it's like, yo. You give and you get. Yeah. So kind of related. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Okay, cool. I will read this one. Let me see. Um, Here, okay. Um, Okay, so this is also from a female listener. Um, I've been sexually active for 12 years, and in that time, I have never had an orgasm via vaginal in- intercourse. However, I've had multiple or- multiple orgasms all on my own when masturbating. I don't fake orgasms either, so some guys just end up thinking I'm like the weird one, and it makes me even more self-conscious when I date someone new. Is there something wrong with me? <laughs> I really enjoy sex, but I'm starting to think I'll never be able to orgasm with a guy. Is that a bad thing? Great question. So she's been having sex for 12 years? Mm-hmm. She says she's been sexually active for, oh. for 12 years. So, yeah, however that means. And, and only orgasm. Okay, well, this is great news. So this is like a very common question because we are, since most of us learn about sex through porn, that's how we first see it. Not, I do not knock porn at all, but technically that is not where we should be learning how to have sex. And that is one of the biggest myths. If I like literally die tomorrow, I would just love every woman on the planet. I would like to leave them with this thing, this notion or this piece of knowledge that most women do not orgasm during penetrative sex. 
only 30% do. And of those women, it's not every single time. So she's completely normal. Um, if you will, like, and I don't even use that word that much around sex because we all, everything's fine if you're like healthy and whatever. But the point is she can learn to do it with a partner. She just has to, um, integrate whatever she does on her own. So the great news here is she can have multiples on her own. Like many women can, we just don't know how to bridge that gap. And this, this is like, she probably needs more clitoral stimulation. She probably, you know, there's ways that she can move when she's having sex. She could do, well, here's a great thing too. When you're with a new partner, mutual masturbation is a great first step. It's really hot. You're both masturbating. So you can watch how you, each one of you touch yourselves. So if you're putting on a show and it's educational, so she could like, say like, I want to, you know, show you how I get off when she's with someone. And she could just start to like, let them know, like, I want, Hey, want to be part of my experiment. I'm so orgasmic when I'm alone and I want to learn how to do it with a partner. So you really have to like start off. She could start off by again, pleasing herself in front of him. If she uses a toy, do not hesitate, bring that toy into the mix. If she knows that like, because what, like, let's say she, it is a clitoral thing for most women it is, she just might need to have more clitoral stimulation during intercourse, which is what's lacking. The old in and out penetrative sex for many women is not hitting the clitoris. So it's either his fingers, her fingers, a toy, lube. I'm sorry, adding a few drops of lube to, to any sexual situation uh, helps women have orgasms like more so than anything else and toys probably. But we realize we have to remember that like women are their clitoris is not self-lubricating. We could be really wet and not turned on. We could be turned on and not wet. So there's all these like um, myths I think around sex that women don't realize until there's a challenge like this. So I would just say, get comfortable asking for what you want, telling them that you've got to figure it out. And um, it's okay to do all the things that you're doing during masturbation with a partner. So I just think it's going to take more, like, cause I believe that too. I believe that the, I just hadn't found the right partner yet when I, cause I didn't masturbate. I didn't orgasm during sex either until I learned that I had to kind of integrate what I knew with the partner. Does that make sense? And it might, not ha- it might not happen right away either. Like it's a, we have to be patient. I think that women make assumptions around our sexuality and our preferences because something didn't work once or twice. Like, oh, I tried a toy, it didn't work, or oh, I tried lube, or I've had sex for 12 years, clearly I'm not orgasmic during intercourse. No, you can learn to be orgasmic, you can learn to have multiple orgasms, you can learn a lot of things, but it just takes, again, this is this whole, like, masturbation is, like, women who masturbate regularly have higher self-confidence, higher sexual confidence, and report having more pleasurable sex and more orgasms. It lifts depression, it's better for your skin, it helps with PMS, <laughs> like, like, and, and the thing is, I don't have to encourage men to masturbate, but for, <laughs> like, we get busy, we have anxiety, there's so many other things going on, but, like, the more you do it, kind of like going to the gym, the more you're going to want to masturbate. So make that part of your plan, that's going to help as well. Yeah, and I love that it's Masturbation Month and that we're talking about it, just because I feel like there's so many depictions of, you know, men from a young age, boys, like, when they start masturbating, in movies, and TV, it's everywhere, but, like, women, you know... Not so much. There's some shame around it, I think, for some people. But I yes. – yeah, it's kind of wild, actually. There needs to be like – and I think – I didn't see that movie Cock Blockers. Or, but I, there needs to be more like young women just having sexual wants and needs. guys, like a really – like why don't we – I think we should teach it in schools. I think we should talk about pleasure, not just safety around sex. 
but that's yeah. another thing. But yeah, I want women to be like, so yeah, last night I got this great new toy or I watched this hot porn you might like, you know. Watch Erica Lust porn, which is porn that's made for women by women with the female gaze, you know. It's like, it's not from a male's perspective. I think that women have to do a little more work right now finding this stuff, but that's what my show's all about, helping women and men. But it's like, yeah, find the things that turn you on, like cultivating sexual confidence and, and figuring out what turns you on should be like part of women's like shit. Like it's not up to your partner. Like this is up to women and it's fun work though. It's not like it's much more fun than going to the gym for some people. Like it's, <laughs> this is like make, they understand that like sex and having healthy sex life is, is a commitment and you have to prioritize it just like you prioritize everything else in your life. But when you start to think about it as something that's like, Oh, I haven't masturbated in a few days. You're going to feel better. You're going to have this release. Like we hold a lot of tension in our pelvic floor. Women walk around really disconnected from our vagina, our vulva. We just we just think it should just kick into gear when there's a penis there, and it like it doesn't work that way. Like you need to stay connected to it, and that starts with masturbation and loving your body and so many things. Yeah. But it's our job. But it's fun work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean. For me, much easier than going to the gym. And I, I super relate to that listener, but I have found, and I think this might be a me thing, but I would be curious, um, actually Liza and Emily, your thoughts. I found like the very, very few times I've had orgasms during sex, I was really comfortable with my partner, like without toys or additional stimulation. Like, do you think that sometimes plays a part for people, like how comfortable you are with your partner or I guess yourself that it really comes down to? Or do you think, like, it's truly just dependent on who you are? Um, well, I'm telling you that women, that is, that is the great point. Women, when we feel safe with a partner and we feel accepted and we actually, yeah, we just feel safe, like they want to be with us, we're not playing games, women definitely have more orgasms. We have more pleasurable sex. We're more comfortable asking for what we want. So that 100% goes along with everything that, that I hear from women all the time. Men... Men, not as much. Like, men are going to have their orgasms. They're going to have sex. And I think that we can, you know, they, men like being with someone they feel safe, you know, good with, I think, comfortable. But for women, it's that word, it's that safety thing. And that's why I always tell women, like, it's okay if it's not great the first or second time with someone. You should just break up with someone if you like them enough. It Sometimes, most of the time, having really great sex with someone can take time. And the sooner you talk about it, the sooner that great sex is going to happen, or you'll know at least if there's potential, right? So like the woman who just wrote in, you know, I don't know, she said she's dating a few people, but I have people write in all the time. Like I've been with someone for two years and never had an orgasm and I've never talked about sex. So it's like the sooner we do it, like that's how we figure out is there a connection here? And that's how you start to feel safer as well. So rather than, I, you know, I answer so many questions about how quickly should we have sex or should I wait or what's, how many dates? And I don't have any rules like that. Like if you're feeling it, and you're connected to someone, have sex. I will be the last person to judge you. I can also tell you, though, that women who who wait to have sex till they feel safer and they get to do, maybe they do everything else but or they, they just start to, you know, just connect with someone on a more authentic level, they, when you wait, even if it's a few more dates, like they just, sex, they report sex being, you know, a lot more satisfying because when we have sex too quickly, sometimes we get attached to the sex or the person because all of those, like, love hormones that... We tend to mistake the sex for a real connection, so I think you can gather more information by waiting longer, and then eventually feel you then you will feel safer, more open. So that's what I totally or the opposite. Like I've written people off because the first time we had sex, it was bad, or even like 
really bad kissers. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've just been like, eh, I don't like you. <laughs> I mean, when I was younger, I think no, I'm right. a little bit. You can actually work on that. Like you can, like a bad kissing, I would, like my friend's like, oh, he's a bad kisser. I'm never going out. I'm like, no, give him a chance because he might think you're a bad kisser. It's a rhythm. It's like dancing. Mm-hmm. And sex is like dancing too. So most of the time if sex is bad the first time, it's probably because people are, you're nervous and there's anxiety and you've never been together. So if everything else was great, but the sex the first time, unless it was like, just, you know, I don't know what, like, just like a catastrophe after catastrophe. <laughs> We can work on most things, you know, at least give it one more try. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've ne- the, the when you look back on the first time you had sex with someone, it's usually like the most terrible of all the times because you just aren't used to each other's bodies in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very real. Yeah. And kind of on that note, like we always – we're always like all of our listeners, any women, women should do what they want. But I personally, like I need to be a little bit more connected to someone to have sex. I bet I've had that New York dating experience yeah. where like even though I waited, you know – six dates or whatever it was um, and then wanted to have sex with the person but I had some weird hang-ups and hesitations because we weren't committed. So for me, I know I need to wait like a little bit longer. But what's your advice? Because also I know some people can just have sex on the first date. What's your advice to some of our listeners who like aren't sure how to figure out what's good for them on when to wait till or like around the three-date rule and all that stuff? My, well, like I said, I think um, I don't think that you should have rules but I think it's I think the longer you wait for sex – the better because, well, first of all, let's be honest. Sometimes that 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 like anticipation of something new and like of getting to know someone and like just making out but not going all the way or like just kind of the the teasing is sometimes the hottest part. And so I think that the longer you can draw that out, not in a game way, but in a like you can't wait to see them way, and you're discovering each other's bodies way, just the better. It's like why rush through a you know a, a ten course meal like. Why not like slowly like get to know each other? So I think, but also you, you guys have heard this too. There's a lot of people who have sex on the first date and they're married and life is great. So I won't, I, and I, and I've also had this talk with a lot of guys too. They're like, no, I'm not going to have amazing sex with a woman, but, but, but not see her again. Cause she had sex with me on the first date. Cause I judge her. Like, you know, that's what you're asking me too. If sex is great and you have a connection on the first date, that's awesome. But I, again, I think waiting why not wait like why not just get to explore each other more and see what else there is to know about this person because when we fall in love or fall into sex the cortisol the dopamine the serotonin i mean it can make us so intoxicated with this person that we can't even see the red flags waving in the distance you know we're like into the sex and we're like oh i didn't notice that he hates women or that he was mean to the waitress or doesn't like his job and he's miserable. I don't know. Like just all those things. Sex can blind us sometimes to what's really happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That answer the question. Oh, so well. Sorry. Yeah, totally. and I know I knew, you know, you weren't gonna like and it's not a real thing. It's not but I I do I have had more success personally, you know, waiting. But it's really cool to hear from your perspective and all the guys you've talked to, like, who are like, No, I wouldn't write someone off if it just worked. And yeah, we've definitely heard those stories. So Good. I love that you guys are sending that message too for women, like and listening. Like I think that's that's a really good example, you know. Yeah, because so. I'm the polar opposite. I'm yeah. just like, oh, I like you. Let's have sex, like <laughs> right, in <that's-> twenty minutes. <laughs> I mean, not. I haven't always done that, but I was like an old virgin. But I think once I started having sex, I was just like, oh, I can just have sex when I want to. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I envy. Let me tell you something. I've gone to phases where I've done that too. So it's like it's kind of like. That's why I don't love all these rules around sex. I really want people to realize that it's like, 
it's everything else. Like you get to figure out your diet. You get to figure out how you want to exercise. You get to figure out what religion or spirituality path to take, our career path. And then you also, we also all get to figure out how we want to enter into a sexual relationship mm. and how we want to be sexual in the world. Like there are no rules around. There's no sex police that are going to like knock on your door and say, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Like it's almost overwhelming, but I want women to know that like you have the power to create the sexual life that you want. I feel like the Tony Robbins of sex right now, but you really <laughs> You have the power in your hands, but you do like we, and we don't, I think it just can be so freeing for totally. women to, Oh, it's not up to anybody else but myself. How great that I get to like watch porn, use this toy, ask for what I want, get, have amazing sex. Totally. Yeah. And take it out of like the, a lot of the fear and shame based stuff that happens because of yes. like bad sex ed or like, you know, right. society, like someone called you a slut in seventh grade. Totally. Like all that Just like you. being afraid of being, you know, being afraid of past, like maybe not so good sexual experiences, you know, like all of that. I trauma, shame. And if you have like two out of five women, you know, have experienced sexual trauma, um, sexual assault. And I, I just want to say to that, like for listeners, if you haven't, um, it's, it's really tough sometimes to deal with trauma. Even if we think we're past it, it's, I, it really takes specific kinds of therapy that, because for many women, it can just keep coming up again and again and again in relationships. And unfortunately, untreated trauma doesn't go away; it just sort of exacerbates it. So, I would say therapy is a great choice for women who have experienced trauma. Totally, of any, yeah, that's a great point. I'm glad you mentioned that. Therapy is like the unofficial sponsor of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, God, right? Me too. My life, right? Like. Yeah, nothing. I love that you say that. It's no stigma to it. Everybody needs it at some point in their life. I'm going to see, you know, it's like you go to the dentist, go to therapy. Yeah, it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. Emily, once upon a time, Liza and I, way back in the day, had the same therapist. We we were already friends and it was, we were like acting like this is a million years ago and it was through a recommendation, but we, yes, we had the same therapist for a lot of time, which was funny. It was <laughs> bizarre and yeah. fun. Like, that's really, how long have you guys been friends? Seven, seven years, years or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, a lot of years. We met right after we we both moved to New York, and we met right after that. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you guys are. Dr- I love listening to you. <laughs> and then yeah. to zoom it out, there's so much wisdom, and I know. I mean, and listeners, if you haven't listened, you have to go listen to all of Emily's podcast episodes because there's so much more. We're we're just touching the surface here, um, and thank you for speaking to those parts of, of sex. I would just love to like kind of round it out on just a zoom out since we are a dating podcast, although that obviously involves sex. A lot of our listeners are like dating a lot, going on dating apps, struggling to find the stamina to do it, getting going through phases. And you can either speak to your own experiences um, or your listeners. What advice would you have for our listeners who are maybe having a little fatigue or or maybe not fatigue, just kind of feeling like it's never going to work for them. So they're not going on the app at all. Like total inertia. Yeah. Great question. Because I think that like dating fatigue is real. And this frustration that you're never going to find someone is also real. And so I, I understand that it's like, it's in many ways like dating. Well, here's what I would say. I would say that the important thing to do is a few steps is know exactly what you want right now. And don't be afraid to ask for it. So I think that, that it's important for women to, one, define, like, do I want to casually date several people for a few months, six months to a year till I find someone? Am I looking for a husband right now? Or, you know, I'm looking for a partner for long term. Am I just looking for casual sex? Like, what's important to me? So figure out, um, 
You know, Joanna Coles was just on my show. You know Joanna Coles? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And her new book is called, I'm looking it up. Her book is, um, she just wrote it. Oh my God, what's it called? Love Rules. And I loved it because it has all these questions for women to like, look at your patterns of and dating. Like, what have you noticed? Like, do you feel like if a guy likes you too much, you're not into him? Or do you often sleep with a guy on the first date? How does it make you feel? It's just, I just think that dating can feel so tiresome when you feel you're like you're repeating patterns and you're going in circles. So I love her book because it just, it's like you could do a, like a journal around it and figure out who you are. The other thing is, I think that we were fed this notion that we're looking for our other half or you complete me as they say in dating. And I believe that when you fully become, work on becoming a whole person on your own, you're going to likely to attract people that are going to compliment you, not complete you. So the fuller life you have and the more you're not just obsessed with dating or just obsessed with your job, but the more you're like having a full life where you're doing the things you want to do. You're not just working, but you're hanging out with friends and you're taking classes or you're going to see concerts and you just, you're, you're in therapy because God knows we have issues, you know, like just in our twenties, get into therapy and, and, and most of health insurance will cover at least 20 sessions or there's sliding scales, but it's really like, it's just the most important work you could do. So I feel like, like for dating that it's the more you work on being like, yeah, comfortable in your skin and, and being out there in the world, you will find those people. As far as the dating apps go, I think that like, it's a, it's a numbers game. So yes, you can swipe. And if it, if it gets frustrating with you, you could just kind of like take a break from it. But I feel like it's not, if you, you should do everything. You should let everyone know that you're single, that you're dating. Like if you really want to find someone, let all your friends know you're single. Say yes to those weird Facebook invites from your friend who's having a barbecue that you don't really like, but you know, they've pulled, like say yes to the <laughs> invite. That's probably how you'll meet someone. Or, you know, like do some things that you wouldn't normally do say once a week. Like go to a weird event or go, you know, like just put yourself out there in every which way and don't just limit to the apps and don't just limit it to in real life. Like kind of just say my whole life is a dating swath and I could find people wherever I go. Because I will tell you that wherever people live, they say they live in the worst town to date. Like I live in <laughs> Park, people said it in San Francisco and I say wherever you go, there you are. You're going to think that wherever you are and there are single people everywhere. So just know that it's like it's it's a process and try to work on yourself and when you're in a good space you're going to be attracting people that you'll you'll match with so and if you're tired from dating here's another great thing if you're fatigued from the apps it is so freeing to say i'm giving myself three months off i'm actually not going to date for three months and i'm just going to like take men out of the equation i'm talking about heterosexual like i'm just going to focus on and it's really freeing when you're like oh i don't have that dating thing i don't have that like i should have gone on three dates this week so it kind of gives you time to just kind of like, yeah go back to working on yourself or you're c- connecting with your friends and family and um and then go back to it when you're ready no one says you have to always be dating yeah so, oh, i love I- that I love that you said that because we know that we have like a numbers game and it was because I, you know, of my yeah. history, but like this is also a podcast and I think invest, yeah, but it's really important that our listeners, because some of them have like taken on, not 51, but they've just started going on more dates. Like I think that's such good advice. Take yeah. a break if you need to. Totally. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No one, yeah. I think people feel this anxiety, like, like I don't be like, I went on 10 bubble dates last week. I'm like, why? Like that's how <laughs> like the worst thing. <laughs> totally. Like, you're, one, but it's good content. I get it. We're figuring Maybe, it out. Can one of those dates be a date with yourself? 
I would love that. I guess early on, but we didn't count it. Um, it was the first time like I just wasn't able to get a date together for the week once we were live and releasing weekly. And I actually took myself out to a bar and got a cheese plate and wine or a martini. Actually, it was martini uh, all alone. And it was great. I love doing that personally, but like yoga, you know, massage. Yeah. Good date. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. Taking care of yourself. A self date. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, well, we know we have to let you go, is there, but is there anything, do you want to like shout out your social oh. media? Your, I mean, obviously. Well, yeah. So I thank everyone for listening to this. I love answering people's questions and emails. It's all, um, at sex with Emily on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, and podcast is Sex with Emily. Wherever you find podcasts, you can find mine wherever you're listening. And I have like 5,000 episodes. <laughs> so really, they're all different. Like I have guests on some. I answer advice on some. So you can just kind of see what interests you. And I'd love to hear from you. So yeah. But thank you for having me on. Oh, thank, thank you so, you so much, much for Emily. coming on. This was so fun. It was so exciting so to talk fun. to you. And um, yeah, it's so great that you're out there like doing this work and making it better for ladies and boys yeah this was fun we were fangirling you have one of my very favorite um like podcast voices so it's just so surreal to hear you in our headphones guys so awesome stay in touch and i think keep doing it keep doing the podcast every week you know be consistent and if you have any questions reach out i love talking about it and helping people with everything their ventures helping women you know succeed in whatever they want to do thank you so much that's so kind and we really really appreciate it like very very generous and kind (laughs) pleasure that's a love for you guys. You too. Thank you so much. Yeah, and talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to check out Sex with Emily. Make sure to follow us at 51 Dates Pod. And go on a date. Go on a date. Go on a date. Have Bye. sex. Go on a date. Have sex on a date. <laughs> Ooh. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we just want to give a huge shout-out to Manny from 5 Ohm for recording our voices and putting up with us. And also a big shout-out to Anthony, also from 5 Ohm, for making us sound really good in post. Check 5 Ohm out online at 5ohm.com. And that's spelled F-I-V-E-O-H-M. Ohm.